Are you ready for something more, better, or different? Have you been looking for more success in your life? Here is your opportunity. Dr. Young's show, Transformation for Success, will help you discover a future for change with possibility thinking, new vision, and creative solutions to impact a more fulfilling lifestyle. Dr. Barbara is an accomplished leader and change guru who is passionate about helping others to gain the triumphs and successes that lie ahead. She brings you up close and personal with interviews from successful experts, corporate leaders, sports figures, entertainment personalities, coaches, thought leaders, and authors who dare to dream, take risks, and gain success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello, 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 wherever you might be. I want to give a big shout out to all my United States listeners and my international listeners. Boy, do we have an amazing show for you today. You will hear the transformational story of my guest, J.R. Perry. This man is an incredible incredible man and you're going to hear all about his story today let me just share just a little bit about him because you know what there was so much that I had to share he has a long bio I could not it would take me a couple of days to read it (laughs) but he has been around since 1983 he is a extraordinary super multi-talented television host radio personality singer and song writer he has been in the entertainment world for quite a while both both in front and behind the scenes. So his infotainment guest list includes entertainment executives, politicians, corporate American CEOs, public service executives, record labels, and he grew up with a love of music. From the age of three, wrote his first song at seven years of age. This man is so talented, and I'm so excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, JR, to Transformation for Success. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing, very happy to be here. I am I'm very, great. very happy. I love I, your uh, energy. Well, I'm <laughs> great. Extraordinary. You are, <laughs> well, you're an extraordinary man, and I'm just so excited we finally got connected and got you on the show. So listeners, we're broadcasting live and you can listen to us on the Empowerment Channel, Business and Influencers channels. We're also syndicated on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And you can access the show on your smart home devices. Now think about that. There's no excuse you can listen to this show. So now to my guest today, because I'm so excited. I've got so many questions I want to ask him. So listeners, I want to encourage you, wherever you are, call your friends. Make sure they get the download to the show if you're not able to listen live. Because, boy, we've got a hot one on today. So, JR, you know, you grew up with a love of music from the age of three and wrote your first song at seven years of age. So share a little bit about your background. Wow. Yeah, you know, I come from a um, um, musical family. Uh, mm-hmm. my, mother, my mother and her siblings, uh, unbeknownst to me, because I wasn't even born, uh, they had already been doing music, a, a family group, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, my mom being, um, I think it was about, about 16 of them. And, uh, I think they broke off in, uh, uh, seven or eight of them in the, in the family sibling group. Mm-hmm. So I came out, I guess, with, uh, 
with the uh, Bloodline um, vocals. So I guess when I came out, I was singing the high C or something. I don't know, out the womb. And <laughs> I had just been, <laughs> I just been <laughs> you know, singing since, uh, you know, puberty, if you will. And, uh, and I, you know, I credit that to my, my Bloodline, uh, my parents, my, my grandparents, you know, all being um, gifted with this thing, music and course you know i had a great imagination um so you know writing i think i've always written um with my imagination so growing up writing songs um uh creating melodies and and my mom was a pianist so i guess that was just piano was at the home so it was just a natural uh thing to do is jump on and bang on the piano and to the point where I've learned, you know, chromatics and rhythmatics and and went over to other instruments um, such as guitar and bass. And, and then I realized that, you know, uh, my voice was changing. Um, I think at the age of 11, it started getting deeper, you know, because I had a very uh, uh, high falsetto if you will, I guess if you break it down in the music terminology, I was hitting fifths and sevenths. Wow! And so uh, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when people would talk to me, they thought I was one of my sisters because it was so light, <laughs> you know, my voice. You know, and I think around eleven, I talked to my grandma, and I think it cracked that day, and she's like, well, "What happened to your voice?" And it, you know, as you can hear today, it's <laughs> and. Um, but I still kept my range, of course, and, you know, I formulated a lot of different uh, uh, singing groups uh, growing up uh, with uh, music people uh, in my family, as well as meeting people um, in the entertainment industry really taught me. I, I, I guess I went to the best college of them all. I grew up... Uh, uh, protege of uh, Smokey Robinson's nephews. We grew up as children, as kids together. So where, where did I you grow up? Actually, there. Yeah, I was actually there when a lot of these hits were being recorded back in the day. And um, yeah, so it was just it, I kept pinching myself because I was like, wow, I'm <laughs> in here. They're singing "Quiet Storm." You know, I'm like, wow. Now, so now you know, are, I, where you know, was I, this? Where was this? What city or, or or what city were you in? Uh, we were in uh, Detroit. Okay. Um, uh, All right. And then, no, 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 this was in Los Angeles, my bad, okay. uh, when uh, when Smokey had did the Quiet Storm album. Mm-hmm. That was back in 75 or something like that. We, we, we were in, uh, actually at his house in Beverly Hills. Um, he had a studio in the back. And, uh, and, you know, it was just interesting to be around the... Um, eminent personalities so music is always music i put it like this music is my lifeline it's my artery to my whole creative flow um mm-hmm. and you know i went into uh, uh radio and television um in, in, you know in the early 80s um, it was a challenge because I was already doing voiceovers for different people's radio shows and commercials because I was a young guy sounding old, so I could always trick people with my tones. So 
someone challenged me to do a radio, I mean, a television show. You know, this was like in 82. And I kind of like, you know, chewed on it a little. And then I wanted to know, so I went to the library uh, and studied uh, how to produce. Because I, I was already in college, um, and I didn't want to change my major. So I just went to to the, to the library to learn how to be a producer. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was already studying to be a doctor, if you will. Uh, but I, a I, doctor. I didn't like blood. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> JR, like blood. don't tell me, with all this musical ability, here you are studying to be a doctor. But I want to go back to, to, to something. You grew up in, in Detroit. I guess you were in this family, a musical family, and you had siblings. I, I'm just curious, just a side note. Were any of your sisters or your siblings musically inclined as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really the whole family, um, Mm -hmm. sisters and brothers did. But I think it it was just something that was kind of really gifted to me to stay consistent with it, you know. Uh, I see. Yeah, we all have. I mean, my whole entire family, I mean, I mean... It's huge. My grandmother had a lot of children on my mother's side as well as on my father's side. So music comes from both sides of, of my blood. Uh, my All four of my grandparents are musical. So it's just, okay. you know, I couldn't escape it. <laughs> it, it. It wasn't a big thing. I was just another person that did music. i never forget this uh, family friend. I don't know who this older guy was. Uh, He's like, oh, so, you know, this is on my mother's side. Oh, so you can, I know you can sing, and I kind of lowballed it. I'm like, no, not really. And one of my cousins says, yes, he does. And I'm like, yeah, because all you on my mother's side, they're lions, L-Y-N-O-S. <laughs> all you lions can sing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know. I'm playing it off. And I'm like, oh, wow. So that's when I kind of kind of got away from the family because I didn't want to go over that I wanted to make my own name, if you will. Um, you know, my aunts are very famous people in the world, and and I I just you know it's I guess it's my Aquarius nature. I just wanted to always lead by example of my own. So yeah, my family is extremely talented people, very talented. Okay, that's that's so great. That's a great legacy. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a curious question too, Jr. You know because. Um, I, I read so much about you and all the work that you've done and the various people that you've met and how they've impacted your life and you've impacted their lives. How would you describe yourself when somebody would say, you know, who who is J.R. Perry? How do you describe yourself? That's very intriguing to me. <laughs> well, how did you ask? Because I've never really thought about that one there, Doc. Um, I would say that, uh, one, I am um, a very humble child of the Most High. I have to start off with that. Okay. Uh, I, I would have to say that I'm, I'm, I'm obedient to uh, the voices of his words and the mm-hmm. spirits and the movements and the rhythms and the vibrations. So I mm-hmm. pay attention to, to, uh, to that. Um, I consider uh, myself a messenger, uh, um, so I describe myself as a messenger here on this planet. Uh, mm-hmm. 
that's how I, I see it. Um, that's wonderful. I, 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 know, I know that I'm a, I'm a humanitarian because my heart is softer than bubblegum. So I'm always <laughs> looking at looking at um, sick and the shut-in and people who mm-hmm. may not well, have. Um, I, 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 and I get that from, 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 from my, my dad. Uh, he always told us how blessed we were, you know, way back in the 60s. And I'm like, really? Because, you know, when you are born with great things, you don't know that until you mm-hmm. see your relatives or neighbors. And I start paying attention to that. So, I, you know, I thought that, um, yeah, I'm definitely humanitarian and uh, an activist, you know, okay. for uh, causes that, uh, that matter. Um, and that. the entertainment part, and is, is, I think it's just it's just a part of like my fingers and my toes. I came with that, so um, I don't really. Because a lot of people have to work. Mine's came natural. Yes, you know. Mm-hmm. I just so have, you have a natural gift. Just, you have a natural yeah, gift for music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am. So I, I don't really natural gifts. You know, they come, you know, although I had to work Mm -hmm. and work at it and still do. Mm -hmm. But um, in short, I'm a messenger. Okay, I love it. JR, tell me, you know, one of the things I know about you, and I was intrigued about this, you became, you were the first black urban uh, talk show host. What was your show about? Because people described your show raw, rare, and exclusive. So tell me what was so unique about the Black Urban Talk Show host and how did you become the first? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, back in 82, I was challenged uh, uh, to do it. Someone says, oh, yeah, you'd probably be a good talk show host. And I'm like, what? And um, I'm like, okay. Um, again, I was around the, uh, the Motown uh, entertainment uh, family, if you will. So uh-huh. it was very easy for me to get the imminent personalities to come on. So my whole thing was around 83 when I launched uh, the J.R. Perry show in Los Angeles um, in Studio City, to be precise. Um, I wanted to do something really unique, really different. Uh, my whole thing, uh, I, I also have a legal background. Uh, I was a paralegal at that time. Um, okay. Uh, so my thing was, okay, I want to talk to the CEOs, you know, I mean, because I knew all the celebrities, you know, I grew up, you know, around a lot of them, but I wanted to talk to their bosses, and I think that's what really launched my show. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, for instance, I interviewed Dick Griffey of this record label called Solar Records, uh, but that was down. That was down in, in, in I think in the eighty eighty something. But but that was my my my, my premise was uh, America's leading corporations giving back to the community. That was my premise of my show of the J.R. Perry show, and, and uh, I didn't really think it was. Um, I just took the challenge and. And gosh, I think I was, I couldn't, I couldn't stand myself. I looked at myself on TV. I didn't even look at it. I was married at that time. And my wife said, oh, you look so handsome. I, I couldn't stand it. I looked fat. 
I'm like, oh no. <laughs> she was like, it came on every Friday, and I think I finally seen it one time. Uh, I had interviewed uh, Comic Relief, uh, the vice president of Comic Relief, and I said, okay, I'll. Because I was always busy when my show came on, so I finally looked at it and still couldn't stand looking at myself. And uh, I think that was my, I had to get over that part. Uh, but, you know, I just reached out to a lot of the people in the entertainment industry because around the time that I started, uh, music videos were the thing. Um, so they weren't really playing a lot of uh, music videos from great artists, especially urban artists. Uh, <laughs> MTV just wouldn't do it. Uh, so, um, you know, I just started calling a lot of the, uh, the the major record labels and saying, well, hey, you know, I have a platform. Because, um, you know, they put out maybe two, three, four million dollars because when they were doing music videos, they were actually filmed. It wasn't video, it was film. They just called it video. They were actually shooting it in film. Film is expensive. So, um, so the first music video uh, that anyone ever by, saw by an urban artist was Michael Jackson off the wall, 1984. Uh, but prior to that, everyone else was coming on my show because I'm like, they're like, well, shucks, you know, we can't get our videos uh, played on MTV. There was no BET or... Yeah, one at that time. Right. Well, you you know, I opened the door, uh, so I would have the CEOs of these particular um, independent record labels that are connected with major labels come on my show, and and I would be able to launch. And I felt that I was doing a service to uh, uh, entertainment industry. So, well, you were, and we're going to take a quick picture. We're going to take a quick commercial break, Jr. because you were, and I'm adding something else to your list of who you are, and that's door opener. <laughs> so we're going to be right back, listeners. So stay tuned with my show with Jr. Perry. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourselves, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, and welcome back to my exciting interview with my guest today, J.R. Perry, super multi-talented TV host, radio personality singer, and songwriter. You know, J.R., just before we went on break, you were sharing how you opened the door with your radio show, um, which was very, very neat back down in the 80s. And you really, I added something to your um how you would describe yourself, and I said that not only were you a messenger and a humanitarian, but you actually were a door opener for so many individuals uh, who were really wanting to have that sort of uh, viewership and people to really see them. And I know (laughs) with the impressive list of people that you've met, tell me one of maybe your guiding mentors that you had that really uh, spoke a word into your life or really helped you along the way. Did you have a mentor or mentors? Well, it would be mentors, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I would start off with Smokey Robinson, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that's where you know when I was a kid, that's where I I kind of learned a lot of the techniques and being around him and all his colleagues and you know as far as the music, and then when mm-hmm. I went. Into radio, um, I met this gentleman um, who's my voiceover mentor. His name was Booker Bradshaw, and Booker he um, he was the voice of uh, Night of Apollo. He was he was the gentleman that opened up. Uh, you would hear his voice come in uh, the original Night of Apollo, and another oh. gentleman by the name of Luke. yeah, that was a really good, strong mentor of mine. Teaching me voiceovers and techniques um, mm-hmm. on how to utilize my voice and things like that by way of uh, broadcasting. Um, also, another gentleman in, under that same topic, uh, Lee Bailey, um, as far as uh, being a mentor, as far as my voiceover acting type of thing. So. You know, and then just various, various people. Just so I've, I had many mentors. Because, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sort of like a sponge. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just soak up people's knowledge and wisdom, and uh, and you know, keep it alive. And um, so, but I, speaking of that, those are the ones that come to mind uh-huh. because those were my very humble early beginnings. Yes, I think that shaped my professionalism and my techniques and my skills by being around legends. And so those are the ones that I can, I can think of. Of course, my dad, I think my dad was my greatest mentor of them all because of his brilliance. What are some of the the life lessons? What are some of the life lessons, you know, because you've, you've, you know, and I know my listeners are, you've been around a long time. You've been very successful with your life. And what do you think were one or two of the life lessons that were instilled in you, either from your dad or some of your mentors that you could share with the listeners today? What did you learn? Well, I'm going to start off because you got to start off where you come from, and that's from home, my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad my dad always, forever, forever, and I still hear his voice, is to 
treat people good, uh-huh. uh, regardless. You know, uh, my dad was, uh, I guess, a super dad because he had a few dollars. But uh-huh. he didn't know it. He owned, a, he owned a lot of things. We didn't know this. So he always uh, taught us to uh, help, you know, the un- you know people who don't have, you know, uh-huh. uh, and to, you know, give back to the family, the community, um, to love people unconditionally. Uh-huh. And I think that's what kept me really going. I think loving people unconditionally, regardless of their age, race, and all that. I, I was I was taught that very, very early in life, and I, I think I, I really, really made it because of that, you know, uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. the disparities of racial stuff. I didn't see that because, you know, we have more money than white people. So I, I just didn't see that part. I, I, I didn't see... The hood, although I went to it, but I, I didn't see that. So, I see. Um, so I, 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 I guess just treating people with value, you know what I mean, would be my yes. answer to that. All people, just you know, looking at people and not judging them, you know, and just always finding you know the good out of people. And, I, and I'm thankful for that, man, because I still have that in. And all the other people, they just taught me uh, skills and techniques, you know, which I'm highly yes. thankful for that as well. Uh, but I, I got to give I got to give props to uh, the most high and my father first. OK, I think that's admirable. And, and that's why I should have asked you that question, because we have mentors that, you know, can give us skills and techniques. But boy, when it comes to life lessons, Usually that has to come from family, grandma, grandpa, that teaches us, that helps us to remember those. And obviously you've implemented that in your life, JR, because I know that somewhere in your journey, you became a single father, um, raising a son with sickle cell anemia. And so I know that you've been an advocate. Um, Was that, I mean, I'm sure that's why you became an advocate of sickle cell anemia. And I really want to uh, applaud you for that and spending time and money um, to that uh, cause, and definitely you are to be applauded for that. Now, you, Thank you, you, yeah, you yeah, I, yeah, that's something that um, I just like I said, uh, I got mm-hmm. a big heart, and you know, I, you know, I noticed there was no um, no no dialogue, no conversation. Uh, uh-huh. About uh, sickle cell anemia. Um, matter of fact, before my son even entered the earth, I knew a young lady because um, I indicated I wanted to be a doctor. So yes. uh, I went. <laughs> I was working at UCLA Hospital, you know, uh, studying and you know doing my little undergrad stuff over there. And I had a, a friend. Um, this is back in the seventies. Um, she had this thing called sickle cell anemia that never really heard of it. I'm like, what the heck? And then, you know, I would go into her room, although I should have been in, you know, other mm-hmm. places, uh, you know, but I would hang out in her room, play the guitar, and I would start learning about this thing, you know, and then here, uh, I guess almost 40 years later, whatever, um, I have a son, you know, who happened to have, uh, was born with sickle cell because the year in which I was born, uh, 
black people uh, weren't being um, tested uh, right. until 1968. Well, I was born way before then. So um, I didn't know I had a trait. Um, so then I just started studying it. I just studied this thing until, uh, from the hooter to the hooter. I learned everything about it. I learned the origin. I learned everything. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a quick study anyway. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then I always had a love for medical. So it was just kind of like, okay, this is something that'll work for me. I'm not going to be a doctor, but I'm going to learn about doctor stuff. And <laughs> wow, I got a son. <laughs> you know, he's got sickle cell. And his, and I, I became a single father. My son was born on July 27, 1999. And I became a single uh, father July 28, 1999. Wow. So, so I had him. I, I'm a. I'm kind of big guy and hands and stuff. So I had this little baby, and I had these big old baseball mid hands. I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I can imagine. I didn't know I was gonna crush him. I, you know, I, you know, I have any children, and you know, I was married right. for, for a, a good while, but we were, we were, we, you know, we did not have any children. So after. Uh, I had divorced or whatever the case might have been. I ended up uh, meeting this young lady and we ended up having having my son. And, you know, and here it is. I mean, my most valuable asset is my children. I didn't have any. Right. He was my only asset. Money and all that didn't mean much to me. Uh, I Just to have a little me, I was like so tickled. So I had to learn how this kid was born with this illness. So I had to learn about this illness. So I took it a little further, and I became an activist. I started writing articles about it. Um, I started educating people on it, letting them know that sickle cell is a, 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 a derivative of malaria, um, and it's from the malaria belt. It's not a black thing. It's a malaria thing. If you are in the malaria belt area, such as Central, South, Africa, uh, mm-hmm. Asia, wherever malaria is, there is sickle cell. Uh, but, you know, America knew nothing about sickle cell. Nothing. Sickle cell is You're the right. most inherited disease on Earth. Wow. It's the, it's the oldest, I'll say it again, it's the oldest inherited disease on Earth. Now, you know, I didn't know that at first. So it was right. mind-blowing. So it was just it was sort of like it was sort of like eating a juicy piece of fruit. It was just so delicious to me to learn all this information and to be able to share it because I was already media. I'm a, you know, a published author. So I, I wanted to, and I was educating medical providers because the only thing that you know about a sickle cell is that uh, black people get in. Uh, you only known about it here in these Americas since, uh, what, 1920 or 1930 or something. That's right. So less than 100, 100 years, you know, nothing. But uh, King Tut died from it. Guess how old he died? He was only 11 or 12. So this goes all the way back. Uh, it, yeah, it's tracing way back. That people, educating people. And I think, I think what really gets me off is that I teach people. Because my grandfather... Uh, Dr. Perry at Dillard University, math professor, my daddy's daddy. I come from professors. Okay. 
So it was almost so that- like, well, this is my call. I'm not going to be a medical <laughs> doctor, but I'll be able to help this child of all the children and as well as the adults uh, uh, to teach them about what they have because the majority of the people still to this day in 2020 know nothing about sickle cell. Absolutely That's true. That's true. That's very, very true. So you really know that. So this is really um, informative. I mean, but the fact that you took it on, and I really want to applaud you, Dad, for being a single parent and taking on this. And I knew this about you when I did my research, that you actually had taken on the role of being the sickle cell anemia advocate. And that meant to me you did more than just being the father, but you were actually very involved in helping people to know more about this disease. So you are to be definitely applauded for that. And thank God for you. Thank God for fathers like you. Which leads me sort of to my next question. Um, you know, we're we're living in troubled times right now with COVID-19. We've had protests, uh, uprisings. As a black man in America, do you see change for African-Americans, especially black men? What do you see? Basically, JR. Uh, what I see, I won't... <laughs> No, she you should have asked someone now, else. I, I'm only going to give two minutes. You know, no, I'm saying why? Because I'm very deep. Uh-huh. And I'm going to, I'm going to condense it though. Okay. Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, one, we got to get our language in right. We're not a con. We're not two continents. We're not African American, nor people are Caucasian or white or brown or yellow. We are nations. My nation is Cherokee. I am from the Cherokee Nation. Okay, uh, uh, and most most of the so-called African Americans that are here in what you call Mesoamerica, we are not Africans. We are already here. A, B. Um, yes, a change is coming for our people that was here and the people that came that they brought here from, from Africa, it wasn't that many. Where's the boats? Uh, it was, it's, it's millions of us in Mesoamerica. <laughs> they, the boats only held 300 people, 400 maximum. So my background is due diligence and I do it real deep. So when mm-hmm. people ask me stuff like this, you know, I'm like, y'all ready? Y'all ready to put Pandora's box to be open? Because they've been giving you generic stuff and even the languaging. The languaging is off, then everything is off. So, in other words, uh, we are the indigenous people here, um, the Negroes. Now, I'd rather be called a Negro than to be called an African American. Okay? And people say, why do you say that? Because that's in the Bible. Okay? And, but mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's really deep and people are like, well, why are they doing Oh, poor black? No, no, we're God's most chosen people. So this is why this is, this, this hatery is there. But do you think they just hate us because of our skin complexion? When, when most so-called Caucasian people are tanning right now to get this melanin, it's a melanin deficiency, which is a jealousy among the people who hate my who hated my ancestors so i stand strong on this because my great-grandmother on my mother's side it'll be 123 
Why did she wow. lose it to 123? Oh, President Reagan gave her a plaque back when I first started my radio television show <laughs> in 80. Wow. So, well, so I'm telling people I am history. So I'm not speaking uh, emotionally, uh, trying to stick my chest out. I'm giving people history, knowledge, wisdom, and why people hate. And so you see, you see actually a change coming and getting the oh, language yeah. oh, yeah. correct. Is what you're saying? Oh yeah. Getting our language oh, yeah. uh, correct and seeing that African or black people or Negroes, as you call, <clears throat> use that terminology, are chosen people. Well, you know what? We're going to take a break and we're going to come back because I want to know what thoughts do you have that you could share, being given your background, <clears throat> that would bring yeah. unity to this country. As we um, take a quick break, but I and, you know, really, and maybe in five words or less, you can give me some of your thoughts that can help heal our communities at large, Jr. This is very challenging times we're going through. And I recognize this isn't just unique to the United States, but this is unique to the whole world. This is global. This is not something that's just unique to the United States. So thank you for sharing uh, your views on changes for African-Americans, especially African-American men. So listeners, stay tuned because we're going to be right back with my guest today, J.R. Perry. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned because we've got more stuff to talk about. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you for listening and welcome back to my show today with my guest, Mr. J.R. Perry. So thank you, J.R., for sharing your thoughts on 
the troubling times and the changes that you see for African-Americans, especially black men. So thank you for your thoughts. And remember, listeners, these thoughts are his thoughts. They may not be your thoughts, but those are the ones that he shares. And thoughts are not right or wrong. They are his thoughts. So I want to know a couple of more thoughts (laughs) that you have that would bring, you think, unity to this country. Good question. Um, I get, the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. is, you know, this 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 uh this don't this don't damage the babies. Okay, um, let's keep like what you said. Let's keep our thought for ourselves. Uh, you know, that's our opinion. The children are innocent. Let the babies love each other because we're we're on our way out. Okay. All of us that's born right now, um, that's over, uh, what, over 15, if you will. Um, you know, come on, man. Let's let the babies love each other because they, they, they don't see race. They don't see color. They don't see hate. Put poisoning our babies, our white babies, our brown babies, our yellow babies. I'm concerned about the babies. Mm-hmm. With that, that's going to bring us unity. That's to let the children good. grow and love one another. You let the children be like flowers. Let them grow. Do not tamper with them. Okay? Quit poisoning their minds. Okay? Elders, mm-hmm. leave them be. Let them love because those are the ones that's going to have to deal with this. This is their future. This is their world. We're just passing through it. The nerve of us. We are very disrespectful because we know doggone well we're not going to be here forever. So why are we spitting and pouring all this hate and contaminating these babies? They grow up, every last one of us grew up innocent until somebody taught us this negative energy. So that's where I see the solution. Mm -hmm. Let them babies enjoy life and teach them to love one another. Let's teach them totally different from what we were taught. This, this, this kind of realize what we were taught wasn't right. Because there is no solution from what we were taught. It's nothing but a mountain of chaos. You'll never be able to get rid of that. Only way you can rid that is let the babies be. Let them love unconditional. Well, thank you for sharing uh, that. Thank my, you for sharing that because love is a key. <laughs> love is a key. And uh, knowing, um, really, JR, I'm lightening to lighten up a bit. We're talking about love, and you are a romantic man. Uh, I understand uh, your dad was born on Valentine's Day. And uh, that's how what Valentine Lover came about, according to yes, Jr. So it's really interesting. You've been doing uh, your research, yes, ma'am. I did my research, and um, this Valentine, what we call anthem, was tributing, uh, was giving tribute to Mandela and his civil rights movement. And you wanted the world to celebrate his music. So what I can see from you. Your whole life has been about creating synergy and energy and music. 
and it's been the foundation of who you are, JR. I, I really can't thank you enough, you know, for being on the show today. We got, you know, to think more strategically instead of emotionally. I hear you saying that from some of the things that you're saying strategically, but we want to be emotionally in terms of love and loving our babies. I'm paraphrasing what you're saying and letting them grow. Um, I just want to turn for a moment um, because you have so much in you, so much that you've done. And music has been so much a part of you. It's almost like I can see it oozing out of you. And so you have met such an impressive list of people in the music industry. And I wanted you to maybe describe one or two people that you worked with were so outstanding that you have met and why you think they were outstanding. Well, that's not, that's a good question. I met too many <laughs> outstanding people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, pick two. You know, we it, have it, a few minutes okay. before we close the show, okay. so pick okay. two. Okay, okay. Let, me, let, me, <laughs> let me let me let me say uh, let me say one because it just came to mind. Mm-hmm. This gentleman's mm-hmm. name was Melvin Franklin. Now, you may not know his name, but you know he comes from this group called The Temptations. Uh, What's his name? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Del Franklin? He had the deepest voice of them all, okay? Um, He sung bass. And uh, he was like a a brother. And I I should mention him as a mentor. He's like a brother. And he just taught me um, so many fantastic things. Um, One day we were in the studio. This was right around the time uh, the Quiet Storm album was being uh, uh, developed. And so we were just some, you know, crazy kids. So they had, I was in the booth, uh, and I was, and then I would just tease them with my voice and you know, I put it in a real deep tone. That's probably how my voice is today talking, but it was deeper and singing. And, uh, they came back and they heard it. And ever since then, uh, He's like, well, you're a baby bass. I'm a two-two bass. And you're like, I don't, don't want to be a bass singer. <laughs> they don't get the girls. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be a bass singer. And I thought that was the most funniest thing, and I'll never forget that. Um, it was the most funniest, uh, but it helped me, though, because once, once I started going to college uh, and, and taking vocal classes, things. Uh, same thing with my, my music teacher, you know what I mean? Uh, I was over at Santa Monica College where I started off, and he was the same way. So I, I kind of picked them right right uh, there. And then all the celebrities that I met uh, and, and, and different people, they were no different than me, and, and, uh, and I, I appreciate them being uh, rooted. I think society is and the publicists and the media made them bigger than what they are. But, you know, I think just being around those type of people, it taught me to be rooted. It taught me how to be down to earth. And um, so I I got to thank Smokey. I, I, I got to thank Barry Gordy. And I got to thank uh, uh, Booker Bradshaw. I, you know, I got to thank um, so many people that I can't even remember because my brain is just like, wow, you know, you're taking me so back. With so many people, you know, even with my television, I, I, I've interviewed over 690 uh, uh, shows I've done here to Europe. Uh, well, you know, Jesus, um, you have done it. Truly, truly, yes. um, it has been an honor 
and I'm privileged to have you on the show. I have to have you back because you know what? You have done so much. And I could only just, like I said, your resume would take me a half, half hour, an hour to actually read it. But I just want to share with the listeners that in addition to all the things you've done, the TV host, the radio personality, music executive, you were a voiceover coach, designer, humanitarian, sickle cell anemia advocate. And you have been, I think the greatest thing was to be that multitasker, to become a single father and take pride in raising your son and how you went on to raise money for the years for the for the disease. So over the years, what I see, JR, your perseverance as a Detroit native and the multiple roles that you have had have led you to become the individual that you are today. And I detect the humility and the honesty in your message today. So listeners, I want to say we're in this together. And as JR has strategically said, we can live more strategically instead of emotionally, but we can put our emotion and our love into our youth, our children, because this is remarkable, the times that we're going through. But believe me, we're going to get through it together. There is a God who knows everything we're going through, and we will get through. So, JR, if you have a last minute, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing yourself today and taking the time to be on the Transformation for Success show today. Love you much. We will stay in touch. You've had a wonderful journey, and there's a lot more for you coming up. So, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Transformation for Success. We'll be back next week while I have another guest for you on the show who will share his transformational journey. So until then, remember, together we will get through this. And God bless all of you. Have a very, very blessed week, and I'll see you next Tuesday. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for replays of the show weekly on the Voice America Business Channel and the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until our next show, have an outstanding week.